Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan, one hundred percent engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Simon Jordan, and today myself, Sam Matterface, and Danny Murphy spoke about England's strengths and weaknesses after qualifying for the Euros last night. Can we win it? And how good is Jude Bellingham? I give my view on the Everton takeover, which has stalled. Plus, we look ahead to the Merseyside derby, which is live on TalkSport this Saturday. This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. Did you watch the, uh, the game last night? I did. Yeah. What did you think of England's performance? Decent. Decent is what I expected. I mean, I think I said to yesterday, I think I, th- I thought England would win the game. Um, and with it, with a, a degree of moderate comfort, because I think they're a better side in Italy. I think they've got better players. I watched the Italians um, on the weekend with my Italian friends um, and against Malta, um, and I didn't think they were particularly impressive. Um, and I think that you, you've got to give credit where credit's due, because I make the observations that we don't beat sides, and we beat sides that ultimately we should. We should be beating the Italians. The Italians come with a big reputation, because obviously because of the history and legacy of that particular football nation, and in the recent times, we beat them in tournaments, lost them in tournaments. But this is an Italian side that's in transition. This is an Italian side that's changed management, and an Italian side that doesn't have as good as players we do. But it's good to see. It's nice to see jobs done. It's nice to see England beating nations like Italy, beating them comfortably. And if you look at the talent that's on the field and some of the players that we've got, they're head and shoulders above the opposition. Is that true? They're head and shoulders now above the opposition? Some of them. I mean, first half was a, wasn't great. It was okay. They had some reasonable control in the game, but they could have scored another. They had a couple of really good chances, Italy. So that will be an area of concern for Gareth because they played through him a little bit easier at times. They started well, though, England. They confidently tempo, the ball. Tempo, yeah, but not chances. Yeah, really nice and... You know, confident, yeah, it's a good word. Second half, I thought they upped it. They upped it, and I thought, whoa, you know, there's there's some really dynamic players in that side. Uh, I was pleased for Rashford. Looks looked good physically, really strong. Bellingham was sensational. Um, I mean, in attacking areas, I've never worried. We've got so much quality, but I do I do think there's there's still some question marks. Yeah, about what he's gonna. Well, not so much what he's gonna do tactically. I think that argument's gone. Where are those question marks? <clears throat> well, he's gonna have a. He wants to play Phillips and he wants to play Maguire. That's no doubt. Are they going to get enough game time between now and the end of the season? Okay, so first of all, let's we'll come back to, 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 to if and how that ma- manifests itself over the course of the next year. But why do you think he wants to play them? 
because they suit the way he wants to play. I think he he likes the discipline of Phillips. He likes his defensive side of his game, where he doesn't leave it all to rice in, from a defensive point of view. And he likes the presence of Maguire, the experience of Maguire, and the fact that he's done well for him. He, he, he likes his tried and trusted. He likes the relationship he's got with Stones. But I think that becomes a, a difficult situation for him if from now till the end of the season Phillips continually sits on the bench again. That isn't going to happen though, is it? Because both of them actually have spoken in the last week that's indicating that they're going to search minutes out. Well, yeah, there's a difference between what a player wants and what he gets sometimes. Absolutely. So I think you have, we just have to wait and see on it. I, I, I think, look, when, you, when you're in midfield against really good opposition, I do understand him erring on the side of caution at times. I have talked about playing two number eights rather than just playing Declan on his own. Mm. But when you look at some of the other players who he could try in those, that Henderson-Phillips role, we're not sure. Rico Lewis plays in that role for Man City so often and pe picks him ahead of Phillips. Now, why? We keep saying he's the best manager and coach in the world. Can we not? Do we not trust his judgment? Mm. Rico Lewis should be in the squad. Mm. Playing for Man City in big Champions League matches, in big games, and being brilliant, mm. like never loses the ball. Why the reluctance then? Don't know. Don't know. Too many um, players. Too many players of a I mean, Philip, sort of age. I, the argument with Philip. Lewis in there. Sorry, say again. Could you not have Bellingham and Lewis in there because of the age profile and the inexperience? Would mm. that be a little bit of a risk? No, I don't think so. Not when he's playing at the level he is. I also think the James Ward-Prowse argument, I mean, what, what does Phillips do that James Ward-Prowse can't do? I like Phillips, by the way. Decent player. Good player. But Ward-Prowse gives you more. And he can play that role with a blindfold on. Mm. It's interesting, though, isn't it, that we sort of seem to jump straight away, despite the fact that we've beaten Italy twice in qualification, we've won the group with yeah. two games to spare, <clears throat> that we jump on the pessimistic... Angles. It was a brilliant uh, little paraphrase. Everybody. And um, there's a brilliant phrase in the uh, article I'm by Martin Samuel today. Okay, well, Danny was a little bit pessimistic. No, you asked Are me. Are you pessimistic, Danny? Finding. Fi no, finding I, I think our firepower is so good that we can give any team a game in the world. And I and the Euros. What well, do you think? Do you think because Danny's talked about caution about the defensive setup is being pessimistic or is it constructive observations? When we're playing against better opposition. I'm just, I well, just, a better finish from a doggy. We, we, we've been too down. Yeah, I don't, I don't think. I think. I, I don't think that's pessimism. I think that's a bit of realism. Mm. I think we've got to look at the situation where he's quite right. The Italians had opportunities that possibly other sides that were a bit more formidable might have taken. I think there's lots to be optimistic about. I think we have an opportunity to win this Euros. We should be pricing it into our thinking. Whether I think Gareth Southgate has that switch at that moment when decisions are put upon him, we will see. If he doesn't do it now, he'll never do it because he's had three opportunities to learn the lessons where he hasn't made changes. But technically, factually, spiritually, and in every other way we want to look at it, England are in the box seat to have a real chance to win this European Championships. Mm -hmm. And they should be pricing it into their thinking. I know that he talks in a very sensible and pragmatic fashion, Gareth Southgate, about finishing the group to get the top seedings. Well, let's win the rest of the games because that's the job we have in hand. Yeah, that's what he wants and to the, do. And the other thing, I'm, I'm talking about other players in case we do have a scenario where Phillips and Maguire don't get the game time or don't leave in January, mm. he's going to have to maybe start thinking of who else, who would be next. I mean, as of now, Henderson would be the person he would play, if, which he's shown in the last two games, if Phillips ain't playing. I, I think we have to start looking a bit, even someone like Longstaff hasn't had a chance. He's been sensational for 12 months now. Now, some people might say he's not quite got the creativity, fine, but when you've got people like Rico Lewis and Ward-Prowse, that you, know, you have got options. And, and then at the back, if Maguire doesn't play, I, I think... 
Gay's done enough to show that he's more than capable. He's quick. He's comfortable on the ball. Two-footed. We've got player tomorrow. He's I mean, it's right. I mean, Lewis Dunk. You made your observation about Kevin seeking out minutes. I'm sure he's been seeking out minutes since he walked through the door. Well, he did. He's have, not getting them. He did, <coughs> and, he, and he needs to move from Manchester City. Yes, but that's the key thing, isn't it? Whereas before he was sort of suggesting that he was going to stay and he's yeah. going to fight for his place, he's now come out with a quote which says, "I've got to try and make sure I'm ready for uh, ready for whatever." Um, the, the thing I want is minutes. I have to go and get them if I want to go to the Euros. Well, this is it. It's one thing. I mean, people talked about his performance Almost yesterday. Accepting that he's going to have to move on. Well, it's a. He can't do anything else but price it into his conversation, can he? He can't do anything else but talk about it because it's the one thing, rather than spend all our time and rather than the journalists that are interviewing after the game spending all their time praising his performance, mm. they, the, the, the default setting is to go in about the net level of minutes he's got on Man City because it's there to be asked. So he's got to look at that in, in real terms and, and assume that it's one thing playing in individual games. It's another thing tournament football with momentum and fitness and awareness and match fitness and, and match sharpness and awareness like he talked about himself hanging a leg out and being in that sort of frame of mind where you are at it, on it, across it because you're playing regularly. If he goes into a tournament having played very little minutes during the course of the season, I think that you'll find out some of the shortcomings that you'll see from a player that hasn't played all the minutes in individual games... Well, we even saw last it. night. It was a little bit late with a couple of tackles, wasn't it, Calvin Phillips? Well, he should have been sent. He should have been sent. Yeah, because himself, he didn't. didn't he? he should have been sent. Um, have the minutes under his belt, and it was a bit rusty. Yeah, look, when, when we when we talk about players at this level, that we know their talents and we know their strengths, but I think it's it would be remiss not to talk about the other players who play those positions and talk about their strengths ahead of them. Phillips at the moment is not playing better than James Ward-Prowse. And he's not playing better than Rico Lewis. So why then, do why do you think that? I mean, do, I mean, do you because think... Gareth sees Phillips in a as he's talked about. He, he uses the words pivots and double pivots. Which anyway, he <laughs> he thinks that Phillips gives them more defensive stability and tactical nous in that position than Ward Prowse or Rico Lewis would. And is he right or is he wrong? In my opinion, he's wrong because I've seen Ward Prowse play that position many, many times, and he's as disciplined as they come in terms of tracking runners and spotting danger. He can do all of it. I mean, but he gives you better set plays. He gives you a chance of a goal and, and creativity. Where have, you, where have you seen that, Dan? Have you seen that in a Southampton side that was floundering last year? For years, you... Ward Prowse has played all over different midfield positions. But in a Southampton side that was floundering. Yeah, but we're talking about his defensive capabilities. He's never ever been seen wanting for defensive. Capability. In a Southampton side that considered goals for fun and was floundering. I mean, I'm I'm I'm, just, I'm not being one difficult. season. Again, but, but he's where he was been, the best player. He's only been an international player for one season, hasn't he? When you think about it, eighteen months, two years, Ward Prowse has been on the international scene. So when you're looking at his, I mean, we, we argue about whether Gareth well, actually we... looks at domestic form because sometimes he doesn't seem to. Mm. But if you make this argument about about Ward Prowse's ability to do something, and you put him in a team that hasn't been able to do it, and a team that's been relegated and that has ultimately failed because of his defensive failings, and a very short period of time at West Ham. It, it doesn't seem to have a body of work to stand that up, whereas Calvin Phillips does at international level. Because of one tournament? Um, I guess, yeah. Calvin, Calvin Phillips has never played a full Premier League season for anybody. OK. He's been injured for Leeds. He's never played a full season in the Premier League. And you're comparing... We're compa I'm asking. No, sorry, yeah. not you. We're comparing him to another player, Ward Prowse, who's played in the Premier League for... What six, six, seven, six years, maybe? Do you see Ward Prowse that way? I in my mind's eye... Well, what do you see him? him? He's not a ten... I, I don't see him in that. I don't, way. I don't see him as a defensive midfield player. No, no neither do I. And I think what is, what, okay, why. what is he? I think he's more of an eight, isn't he? I'm asking you. Yeah, I think he's more of an. I think he plays a little bit. So, so this, this I'm is. I'm not saying that he can't play so, in that no, position, this, but this, against, against the higher grade opposition, I think Gareth believes that he hasn't got the same level of quality as Calvin Phillips. If Calvin Phillips was 100 percent defensively, push comes to yes. shove, yeah. Well, that's where I'm saying I disagree completely. I think he's more than capable. And I think he's got the other thing with the other Phillips weapons going forward, which means he doesn't rely on. Uh, well, the, other, James the, other, the other thing, the other thing, when you think back to the Euros where Phillips really played well. 
he wasn't sitting next to Rice the whole game. He was pressing and going further ahead at times. Well, his creativity, for example, in the well, he Croatia was better. Game, well, he was sharp. The door. If Phillips is playing all the time, mm. of course, if I haven't been, I'm, I'm in the squad. What I'm saying is, if he's not playing, then we've got to look at the other options. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Paul is on the line. Hi, Paul. Yeah, so what I wanted to say was, look, when I watched that game last night, I, I see, or I saw, the same frailties in that performance that I have done over the last four or five years. And so I question, has this England team improved as a team? I know Bellingham's come through, so that helps. But as a team, have we improved in the last three, four, five years? What are the frailties? Say again? What are the frailties that you see? Well, look, Gareth's had seven years to solve our weaknesses. And I think we, the reason we keep talking about players is he keeps picking the same players that are showing the same weaknesses. What are their weaknesses? We the OK, well, there's a lack of controlled possession, certainly through the midfield. We drop deep constantly, especially when we go ahead. We've got a double pivot, that, and I include Rice in this, that can't really receive the ball on the half turn and progress the ball through the midfield. Uh, we've got Maguire. Again, Maguire's doing OK, but if you're playing Maguire, your team, your midfield has to drop deep because the defenders can't push high when Maguire's in that team. It's way too risky against top players. So you've got to make some changes. And the problem is that he doesn't. He doesn't make changes, despite professing at the start of his reign that he picked players on form. So the reason we constantly talk about players is because we've seen this movie many, many times. And last night, we could easily have been 2-0 down. We weren't very good in the first half. And he talked last night. I mean, he said last night in his interview, the reason he plays those two holding midfielders is because it gave us more control of the ball. Yes, in defence, it gave us more control of the ball. Mm. But we can't get out. We go from side to side to side to side. It's no good controlling the ball in defence. It's okay if you're winning, but against a good team, all that happens is what always happens with England is that we fall back and we get pressured because we can't get that ball through the midfield. And somehow, somehow, he's still picking the players that aren't even playing top-level football anymore. So that doesn't make sense. You cannot expect a different result, right? We beat 11 players. I would say all of Italy's 11 were inferior to all our 11. Now, if you can't beat that, there's something wrong with you. I don't think we should be celebrating it. We should have won trophies under Gareth Southgate. And my big concern is that for the last two, four years, maybe going forward, our opposition have never been so weak. We're not likely to get much longer where Germany and, and, and well, Brazil. maybe not France, but Germany and Italy, Brazil, Argentina are as weak as they have been and we are as strong as we have been. It's never been more in our favour than it has done for the last four years and maybe the next two to four years. And if he blows it, it may never come again, especially with Kane getting on to 31, 32 years old. You know, we don't have a striker anywhere near his level. If we don't do it now and he can't see all the mistakes repeating again and again and again, I just don't see it. I just, I don't. You, 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 you make fantastic points and yeah. a fascinating call. Danny, do you want to come back on it? Well, I think you make some really, really good points and without dissecting them all. I think what we, what, what the general feeling is, is correct in that the, the cautiousness of Gareth is, is still there. And the people he picks reflect show that, that. Reflect that, yeah. And the tactics show that. Now, the question is, does he... Does he take a huge risk in this last tournament? Because it'll be his last whether he wins it or not. Because I think if, if he wins it, what more can he do? And if he loses it, it's time for someone else. 
does he change what he's going to do and take a risk and be more dynamic and play that extra forward player that you you seem to not want to do? <laughs> it's not that I don't want to well, do you it. Do, you I'm said just it doesn't work. Why does it? Well, well, it didn't work well, the last you, time you we tried. You work on it till it does because we've got some of the best attacking players in the world. I would, and you go out on your sword, uh, you go out on your shield. I don't think he's gonna. Because he thinks, percentage-wise, what he's doing gives him the better chance. And he will look at the last two tournaments and go, we lost on penalties in the final, and we lost on, basically, if we'd have scored the penalty game, we'd probably gone on and won the World Cup. So he's looking at it going, surely it'll turn for us eventually. I don't think it will with the way we're playing. I think he makes enough good points. And one of the other, sorry, just quickly, the other thing. He made one particularly good point about the defence becoming more pragmatic and, and deep based on the players you've got behind you. Now, Stones and Maguire is a nice partnership, but it's not the quickest. Stones is reasonably quick, but he's not lightning. I've said for a quite a you long like time... Gary, don't you? Because of his pace. Mm. and Well, he's a good footballer as well, yeah, of course, is, yeah. but you need, at the international level, to win tournaments. I think you need centre-halves who are quick and, and quick and capable of defending one-on-one. So on one. you can push further up the pitch, yeah. and if and, you do have space in behind, you've got someone who can get back well, if you look the at the French centre-halves... I mean, Walker he, does a little bit of that though, doesn't he? Yeah, when he does. Narrows off, but it's hard to do from a fullback position. I mean, Varane's losing his pace a little bit, but the rest of them are all lightning. Um, what's the obsession with criticising Southgate? Says Roscoe on the text. Just qualified with a near perfect record, playing really well. Give the guy a break. Maguire, excellent again last night. Anybody want to say that out loud? He did play well. Yeah, I think everyone's looking at the. Rea- I think that last caller pretty much sum- summarised the entire perspective that a lot of people have. <clears throat> I think he's absolutely right. I think the opposition, we've said it ourselves in the studio, talking about the reality of the opposition and the inf- the, the nature of how their performances are way below the levels. We beat teams that have reputations, not teams that are based upon performances. We're, well, we beat the Germans, but the Germans were crap. Well, who are the team we're supposed to beat to get a decent reputation? Well, I suppose when we get an opportunity to beat France and the game is there to be had and the caution... I mean, Gareth Southgate manages like he plays or like he played, which was there was a, a very steady, to use Graham Sooner's expression, a very steady Eddie, not, not particularly inspirational, not particularly aspirational uh, outlook about him. And this is the thing that Danny was was talking about earlier on, about the, the, the preparedness to take the risk. We will see if he does have that in his locker to go into the last tournament, if that's the last tournament he's going to go into, and go, you know what, we're going to leave it all in there. And if we've got an opportunity, because the game against France, when we had France on the racket, it was our opportunity to, to, to load up like a boxer and to say, right, we're going to we're going to really take this team apart now. We're going to put a different player on, a more offensive opp- opportunity to be taken in this game. But we didn't. We stayed with the same. Now, you, <laughs> doing the same things, I suppose the caller's observation is, the very definition of insanity is doing the same things, expecting a better outcome. But we are also in a space where this opposition we're playing against is not great. I don't know who we're fearing in this European Championships. Maybe the French, maybe the Spanish, but we damn sure aren't fearing many of the other teams that are in there. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Bellingham starring role last night and a starring role for Real Madrid this season. He was quite interesting afterwards talking about how he wants to stay there for the next 10 to 15 years. He says, in the last few months, I've been really working on my timing and getting into the box as I'm arriving. I'm arriving with bigger hunger. The bigger transfer uh, is a fact and I have to deliver, whether it's a goal or assist, a match-winning performance. This is the club I want to be at for the next 10 to 15 years. I'm loving it there. Carlo basically said, this is the position where he sees me. When you're around those mentalities and quality of players every day, it takes you to a new level mentally, physically and technically, is he going to improve even further playing where he is? Well, you'd think so. I mean, I don't see much in his game he can prove on, to be honest. <laughs> He's that good in every aspect. Um, self-belief is amazing. Athleticism is amazing. Awareness of where people are. Great timing inside the box to make goals, score goals. Um, and he can put it about. I think he's an all-rounder. Do you understand why Adrian Durham said last night, I mean, I think I said a couple of weeks ago, this is a guy who's going to compete for the Ballon d'Or. Well, Adrian said last night he's the best player in the world. People will start talking talking about him like There's that not, now. I don't think any... I can't think of anyone else who's playing better than him at the moment. So, yeah, he's one of the best in the world at the moment, yeah. He's got to maintain that. But, yeah, he's one of the best in the world at the moment, for sure. Is he benefiting from the fact that he's also got brilliant family and advisors around him he's yep. made sensible career decisions and essentially although being at Real Madrid does not take you out of the limelight mm -hmm. it does take you out of the spotlight from an England perspective until you come back and put the free lion shirt on sure but he is playing for one of the most focused clubs in the world if you live in Spain which I have done for years you know how big Madrid are in terms mm. of people's perception of them we've seen the backlash um, against Gareth Bale where it, despite his mm. remarkable achievements against uh, for, for Real Madrid there was still this dissatisfaction with him amongst the Spanish press um, yes I do I think his father has been very instrumental his characteristics his temperament his outlook on life have been installed into him by his family so that means that when he's bouncing through and making decisions about not going to Manchester United and preferring to go out to Borussia Dortmund, uh, uh, learning his trade over there, developing it when he did interviews with Jim. I remember listening to Jim do an interview with him, which Jim regularly plays out when he was playing for Birmingham against Millwall. I think he was 16, 17 years of age. And the assuredness and the education and the balance. Not so much... I, I hate this expression that people trot out about the humbleness. I'm not entirely sure why footballers shouldn't be humble. I mean, as if it's some bonus point that he's humble. And I'm not entirely sure they know what humble looks like, most of them. But the point is this, is that the boy is on a, is on a trajectory of great, great opportunity in life. And he doesn't land, you don't land at Real Madrid at 19, 20 years of age and do what he's doing if you aren't something special. But... I do think Gareth as well does deserve some credit. We said it off air, but I mean, 
he, he did throw him in early. Now, you could argue any, years of age any manager would have, but I don't know if everyone would. I, I think Gareth threw him in. I, I was a bit surprised at the time, but he did, and he's stuck with him since. I mean, his performances are tremendous. When but, was the last time England had a player like this? Um, Even Gerard. Yeah, but, well, Gerard was a bit later developing, but at that age, Owen is a comparison, but different mm. position. Owen burst on the scene at, what, 7, 18, was he? 17, 18, 17, yeah. 18 in a World Cup, and I think that was like, whoa, we've got a superstar. Well, there was reservations about him at the time because Hoddle didn't want to play him, did he? We didn't, he yeah. didn't play him mm. up until right just before the tournament, didn't he? Or did he even start, start, uh, start on the bench? I don't even think he started that mm. uh, until that Argentina game, I think did he? you might be right, yeah. Well, Bellingham's, Bellingham is... But, I mean, you know, when you've got a player that is performing at the level that he was performing for Borussia Dortmund and they were in the Champions League and the opportunities that were coming, it's you, you give him credit for having the courage to put him in. Yeah, I mean, because I, what, I, the I don't reason... know what his debut was and who he played against, so I can't really take it off the top of my head, but I think it's difficult to ignore this kid. We got, Give him credit for putting him in, but you'd have to be a blind man not to... Yeah, but uh, yeah, and that's a fair point. But but even I, so, I'm 18 years of age. I'm just talking about Well, so same as it for Wayne Rooney, I suspect, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, but we have sat here, and I, I've been guilty of it, talking about his safe, safe, safe. What's the word? Pragmatism, mm. and the um, the attitude of Gareth towards the way he sets the team up and stuff, stuff like that. So you, you could argue that he might be the type of character that wouldn't have done it. Might be the type of manager, that, but you're right. I mean. He is a special talent, so maybe any manager would have been silly. But you still got to credit him for doing it, and I and that's why he's going to get in any international side right now, isn't he? He would, and but that's why I'm also talking about the likes of someone like Rico Lewis, and why I'm why I'm surprised he's not been brought forward because Gareth has done it with Bellingham. Yeah, he didn't play at the under twenty one tournament either, Rico Lewis, um, because I think of workload they didn't want to give him too much workload. So they obviously clearly know that he is one that they are going to go to in the future. But a bit like with Jude, actually. I don't know if you remember this, but they, they but didn't call... He's older than Jude, isn't he? Uh, or similar. similar age, yeah. He, um, they, they didn't call Jude up because he wanted to rest at some point. I don't know if you remember that. They had a conversation Maybe. with him and left him out for a couple of squads or one squad and then brought him back and then left him out again to manage his workload. Maybe, slowly but surely, when they feel they need to bring him into the team or can't resist bringing him into the team, they might then end up drip-feeding him in again. I wouldn't be worrying about people's workloads. You've got tournaments to win in five months' time. I mean, before all the furore and all the circumstances of Mason Greenwood's career, there was the same management of him at England level saying that him we want to rest him and be able to put him in a situation where he's not playing too many games. What player, before man. we got all of the... Yeah, I mean, absolutely, what a play. What, what, a, what a waste. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Harry Kane playing in Spain. I think that's... Uh, playing in Spain, playing in Germany. He that's looked sharp, by the way. He looked really fit, I he thought, looked, last night. This is, you can tell with him, can't you? Yeah. That sharpness, uh, you know, like shrugging people off, and he just—he yeah. looked. At I mean, it. The, the battle which led to the third goal was actually sort of indicative Absolutely. of that. I thought lightweight defending, though, wasn't it? <laughs> We've always got a fight. Oh, but, no, but it was. It was, it was great. And by the way, and by the way, Harry Kane should be sharp. But the point is, this is it was lightweight <laughs> defending, but he did his job, and and that's what he's there to do. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station. Talk sport.
this is bad news for Everton that uh, has come to us in the last hour or so, and that is the proposed sale of Everton uh, to Miami-based holding company uh, Seven 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 Partners has stalled because they failed to provide audited financial statements to the British government regulator that must approve the deal. The regulator, the FCA, the Financial Conduct Authority, delivered its request to Seven 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 Partners this month, according to multiple people with direct knowledge of the approval process, who spoke on the condition of anonymity because they are not authorised to discuss it publicly. If the company does not provide the requested financials or an acceptable explanation, its proposed takeover of Everton could fall apart. How concerning is this for Everton? Depends if you think them acquiring it is a good thing. Well, some, would, some, mean, some would say that Mashiri and now his lack of appetite to want to be involved in funding a football club anymore, because there's no argument whether it's Usmanov's money or it's Mashiri's money, that Everton has had a lot of money thrown into it, thrown at the wall and seeing how much of it sticks like the proverbial, and hasn't because that's why the team has been in such decline over recent years. So the departure of Mashiri is one thing. The 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 ownership of 777 Capital is another. Mm. So I'm not entirely sure that you're jumping, not jumping out of the frying pan into the fire. Well, what I are mean, the if you were a fan of... Sorry, sir. What are you, the required financials that they... Source would... of funny, source of funds. They are, they're being asked to by the regulator. It's not, regulator's not determining the deal. So it's the, a normal the, request. Yeah, source of funds is a reg- is a pretty reasonable request because ultimately under money laundering laws and source of income laws you have to be able to provide where you've got this money from okay. so it's not an unreasonable request it's not a difficult request to comply with unless you don't choose to unless you have reasons that you'll prefer not to because you have sources of finances that you would prefer not to be in the public domain well, but uh, going for a regulator means they're not going to be in the public well, domain well a source familiar with the sale process has told TalkSport today that without the correct financial information it is hard to work out where the money is coming from and, and that's the reason, the basis of the FCA issue. Exactly, yes. Yeah. So we're just saying that, that that is the reason that we understand why it's not going to go That's not through. a difficult box to tick. So, so in which case, I mean, you mentioned it a bit as well about 777 partners and their history is not great. And yeah. their, their involvement in other football clubs has led to and relegation. The basketball, and the basketball. Well, that happens. That can happen. Right. Yeah, but not, not to someone like Vasco da Gama. Not to someone, but you've, you've also like seen. You've also seen. The, I think it was the bottom. British Basketball Association or one of the leagues that were owed money and were having to chase seven 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 capital for the money. And again, these things can happen. And of course, there are reasons why certain adverse information finds itself into the media and not the positive stuff. I'm sure there's plenty of things that this business have done that has been a very different dynamic than some of the things that we've seen. Look for Everton. What landscape would it have changed? Well, lots. Well, tell me what. Well, because at the moment, this is probably not now going to go through. Yeah. Mashiri, can he continue to fund the club? We well, know that in three years... Depends what the funding requirements are. Well, they, we've got a stadium to build. Well, that's a different dynamic entirely because the funding for that can be easily gotten. It's not difficult. To, they've, they've already redirected £100 million of a funding from an, an, an investor that wanted to put... I think it was DSP or P, uh, MSP, MSC. MSC that wanted to put money into the club but didn't want to do it in a certain way, so they ended up putting it into the financing of the stadium. The stadium is a going concern. It's a, it's a secured asset that can be borrowed against, leveraged against and financed. But we're talking about people buying the football club now and what would that difference would it have made? Well, they need money for January transfer acquisitions if they want to stay in the league. That depends if that... that They'll stay in the league anyway. That depends if that's a requirement. We don't know that. We, yeah, we, you, you can say that we, from a, an expertise we, we, point We're still of at view, a stage... There, it, is a, it is a worry. I'm not entirely sure, and maybe you, being Stato, can, can confirm or deny that they're out of special measures with the Premier League where they can operate without the reference to the Premier League and requirements to be able to account for every single transaction that they're doing because they were in that recently and they had to be able to, before they could sell, 
sorry, buy, they had to sell and the transaction had to add up to improve their balance sheet the or their cash flows. next week, 25th of October. No, that's, that's the financial fair play. That's their ability to be able to have the allowable adjustments of 250 million quid to reduce them below yeah. the 105 million threshold. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Premier League put them under guidance, which said that you cannot do transactions that don't better your position, mm. which meant in order to buy players, that's why, uh, what's his face, the fullback, Lucas Dana, Lucas Dana, yeah, went to Everton and Mikalenko came in because it was a transaction. Went to Villa. Yeah, went to yeah. Villa, but the transaction on, on, on Lucas Dana improved their balance sheet because they only owed a certain amount of money on him. So if they're in that same position now, still, your argument about them having somebody come in, being able to do something different in the January transfer window, may not be as pertinent as you think it is. However, but Mashiri does need to go. However, there does need to be some change of a culture, b financial investment, if this club is to be able to survive. If it goes forward, yes, I think that's probably right. But that doesn't mean you, you know, you jump from one bad set of circumstances Correct. to another. Correct. So there's always a look. So it they, might be a silver cloud. That's my point. Or there's, silver lining in the cloud. Th- th- that's my point. That these, these guys, these guys don't. Look, I did say it from the beginning, <laughs> there, but we've got we've got breaks to hit but, um, and content to fill. But I um I, I I look at it from the point of view of saying, Mashiri. And whoever has switched the tap off on the money, whether it's him or someone else, you know, I've always maintained there's a real concern about where that money's come from, Everton. They want to be a bit careful of how that particular lands, given what happened to Chelsea. But the point is this, is that Mashiri, I suspect, still has the means to fund Everton, but not the desire. Okay, so where and why... Okay, this is a better question. Why is nobody else wanting to buy Everton? Why are we getting to the situation where the people that are interested in buying them are someone like 7-7 Partners as opposed to someone who's got greater wealth and designs? Because it's a big club in a big city with a brand new stadium. Yeah, I think it's a good question. I'm sure there are other people interested, but maybe not at the figure that they were... Quantum. Quantum. If Mashiri wants £550 million and there's somebody prepared to do it at this stage, and he's not at the point where it's needs must, but but wants to, and would prefer to, and if this gets to the point where it has to, then the price will reach a different level, mm. and there will be absolutely a buyer for Everton. Yeah. So, absolutely. Do you think that maybe we might see the emergence of new buyers once we know what happens next week when we find out whether it's a financial penalty or a sporting one? Because your point about them staying in the league is fine unless they get a points deduction. I think it makes sense, doesn't it? It makes sense that the... Have we got a precedent for anyone getting points deduction? No, never. And you're not going to no. get one now either. Why? Because they won't do it. It's but even if even if even if even if them. there's a finance, yeah, I was going to say, them. but it depends on the size of the fine, how that impacts the club. Probably not greatly. I don't know what type of levels have been dished out before. What's the most that's been dished out before? Si? can you remember? Was it ten I, I, million? Haven't had anybody done for FFP before? This has never been happening. Yes, we? you have. You've had, City got done. You have. Right? You've had Leicester City being done for FFP. You've seen, I think, other football not clubs. in the Premier League. That was in the EFL. No, you have had Premier League clubs done for FFP. Who? Um, I think Bournemouth have been done for fine of some sort recently. Small, small beer. They, they have breached financial fair play and they've had consequences for it and I'll find them in the break and tell you okay. who they are but the point is this is that there has been consequences and it might, you might be right it might well be that they've been in the Premier League when the offence has happened they've dropped into the EFL yeah. but they're still getting parachute payments so they are still be under the EFL's the Premier League's guidance and, and, and governance to some extent so with that in mind there has been and we've obviously seen FFP situations with Manchester City We've seen them being fined in 2011, something like 50 million quid, which was reduced to 20 by UEFA as a result of yeah. better behaviour. So we have seen Liverpool, and Liverpool, being financed, have been, Liverpool have been fined for financial fair play breaches as well. By, so, by, by the Premier League. They've been fined for, PF, uh, for FFP breaches. Correct. Go look it up. We'll do it in the break and okay. I'll prove it. 
Cool. I'm surprised you didn't know about that, Sam. You no, know about most things. I'm not, not, not sure it's the Premier League, but anyway, we'll argue about it in the uh, in, in the break. But if you're an Everton supporter, how concerned would you be? I think there's a the I think there's a desperation for stability and and some light at the end of the tunnel, and if you and a and a an excitement to look forward and and build something new. Most Evertonians want that, and I think they they probably feel stuck in a rut at the moment with the with what's going on. I think they've got enough to stay in the league. I think they've got enough experience in the coaching department and on the pitch to stay in the league even though it won't be easy I think they'll do it and that will give prospective buyers a much more attractive proposition than a club that gets relegated um, In terms of what they've got on the playing squad at this moment in time you seem to be pretty convinced they'll stay in the league why are you so optimistic Just because there's so, so many bad teams There's so many bad teams Well teams worse than them mm. Normally there's one standout or two, but you're looking at... Are they a bit too over-reliant on Dominic Calvert-Lewin's fitness? Um, they're better with him, but I think bringing Beto in is, is, gives them a physical presence up top if he's not there, although he's not quite got the quality Dom, Dom, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin's got. So, yeah, I mean, they, everyone's relying on their best strikers being fit to a point. I, don't, I just don't see them going down. This week, in charge. this weekend they've got uh, Liverpool. The gap is quite huge between the two of them. Is it one-sided? Yeah, I think if Everton got a draw, they'd be cock-a-hoop. I remember actually going with them to uh, the <laughs> game against uh, Liverpool in lockdown and they beat them there. And uh, I spoke to Carlo Ancelotti afterwards and I said to him, you know, this is the first time you've won um, at um, Anfield since 1999. He went, not really. It doesn't really count this time because there's no one here. Is that what he said? <laughs> yeah. It was it was quite a statement, but they don't win there very often at the best of times. And usually, they're quite fierce games. You've been involved, I imagine, going to a number of Merseyside derbies. Mm. Has the atmosphere changed over the last twenty years? Because it was pretty good. I, I, I think, think it was the, the whole city came together. It did, and it was deemed the friendly rivalry in the eighties. They almost I remember times they were sitting in the stands together, weren't they? Well, I I went my derby first derbies. I mean. Yeah, it was very mixed. Mm. I remember, I remember being at the four four and the replay at Goodison. I was on the Gladys Street with my, with a friend of mine who took me, an Evertonian, and I had my Liverpool scarf on. No problem. Never, you wouldn't get that so much now. No, it has changed a little bit because the younger generation, maybe a bit more aggressive, a bit more <laughs> tribalistic, is probably a better word. Mm. Um, but there are still people who sit together. They just don't make it as bra uh, as blatant. But <laughs> Liverpool people do stick together generally but I, I do think the game has taken on a bit more of an edge also because of Everton's plight yes in the interest of accuracy you are right Liverpool were investigated <laughs> we, in 2014 we were waiting for this it, were investigated 2014 and cleared, cleared in 2015 for overspending you wait for that uh, but they used it as infrastructure argument Manchester United were charged and found guilty of FFP bye UEFA UEFA yeah not the but Premier League FFP Okay. I mean, Everton can't be caught by UEFA's FFP because no, they don't play in Europe. I <laughs> know, but we were talking about but if, you stay, if you stay long enough in the Premier League, you'll get a competition <laughs> that means you'll be in Europe for finishing right. fourth and bottom. All oh, right, okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, so did you just admit Look you're wrong? Look how happy he is. Look how happy Did you just admit you're wrong? <laughs> yes. Did you? Wrong. Yeah, do you know what? Do you know what? The so only that thing would have made... two strikes in two shows we've done together, so one more. Oh, you know what happened last week, John, wasn't it? Yeah, but he hardly had the courage. You hardly had the courage of convictions to go. You didn't go with your gut instinct. He didn't go to be fair, heavy. like I said before, every time he gets something wrong, it fo it foxes me. Yeah. Because I think, really? It what's you? 
It, it, it foxes it foxes me. you. Yeah. I think all that you medication, you know. <laughs> I think it might be. Pain release. Really slow me down yeah. just a little bit there. Otherwise, I would have gone for the jugular. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, Merseyside Derby is live on TalkSport 12.30. And uh, Liverpool will be expecting to try and go top of the table because they can do for a few hours at least if they beat Everton at the weekend. This is TalkSport. The world's most dangerous download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll be back tomorrow to bring you the best of the show. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.